Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Paul's letter to the Colossians was written when he was in prison. And in many ways, he had no idea how much longer he had to live. And it almost brings to mind Jesus when he was in the upper room, knowing that his death was imminent. And what both men, Jesus and Paul, tried to do was to impart to the churches, to individuals, to the apostles, that this is important truth for you to know so that you don't lose sight of what God has in mind for you, God's goal for your life, so that you really understand faith and thereby how to live. And so what we find in Paul's letter to the Colossians, the first half of the letter, he's basically giving them doctrine. Now, we don't particularly like the word doctrine because it sounds too stiff. It sounds too intellectual. But let me use a couple of other words that might be more helpful. Theology or teaching. He's trying to give them some basic instruction as to who God is and what he calls us to. And then the rest of the letter is about, therefore, how you live. And when Jesus was in the upper room and he was trying to prepare his apostles for his death and then eventually for the ascension and for the Holy Spirit coming upon them, he was giving them teaching. Teaching about what was coming and teaching about the person and power of the Holy Spirit. And so in both cases, they were saying, please, please get established in your faith. And Paul uses this wonderful line, being rooted and grow up. And if you think about throughout Scripture, we have that image over and over again. Parables, Jesus tells about plants. And even when you go to the Psalms, the first Psalm, how a tree needs to be planted by water and how it needs to grow and have a strong root system. So Paul draws this from the Old Testament, from Jesus' teaching, and he says being rooted on the one hand, this is almost like two sides, being rooted on the one hand and grow up on the other hand. And one of the first thoughts that I had when I thought about this was a live oak tree. Think about live oak trees that we have around here. The root system that these trees have. And how they grow into great canopies, some of these huge live oak trees, like the one down at Harbortown. What a fabulous image for us to think about. And what's interesting about that is, think about the root system of other trees that went over during the hurricane. Not as deep. Haven't had the length of life that some of these live oak trees have. Right after Hurricane Matthew, 
Meredith and I decided, as many of you discovered after Hurricane Matthew, that a named storm brings different insurance coverage. I didn't know that until after Hurricane Matthew. I thought it was the deductible, and we didn't have any major damage, but we did have a a few trees that needed to come down. And so I discovered then that it was a percentage of the total value of your place as opposed to the deductible. And I was shocked. So we called our insurance person and said, can we look into this? And she put us on this new policy that was a $1,000 deductible, and the cost was about the same. I was shocked. I think it was because we didn't have any major damage, possibly. I don't know for sure. But they put us on this new policy, and then the inspector came after they had put us on this new policy. And so he checked out the whole place, and he said, everything's good except this one branch has to come down. What he referred to as this one branch was the trunk of a live live oak tree that extended out over our room over the garage and over our garage. And he said, this branch needs to come down. And I said to him, I said, that's not a branch. I said, that's the trunk. And he looked at it and he said, well, it needs to come down. And I said, sea pines will never allow this to come down. And so he said, well, we can't cover you then. And so they took us off the coverage. And we had to go back and get more insurance. But it's amazing to look at this one tree in our yard because the trunk actually goes up over our garage and some of my neighbors, like the Hellmans, could vouch for it because they see me up there dodging that branch when I'm blowing off the roof, which they hate. (laughs) But the reality is, is that that is an amazing tree. The bending of the trunk and the root system that holds that up is phenomenal. The fact that that tree's been there for decades. Decades. And some of the trees that we see around here, hundreds of years, that have withstood hurricanes. That's what we're talking about. When Paul says you need to be rooted, he was talking about deep roots. Because it's deep roots that provide for the strength for the growth. And that's really what we all need for our spiritual lives, considering the assaults that are all around us. And there are numerous assaults that come our way. And Paul refers to them during his day, which we can basically make comparable for our own, philosophies, Elemental spirits, human tradition. In other words, thoughts that we have, the philosophies, when our intellect tells us that we know better than our faith tells us. Humanistic ways that basically are contrary to God's call in our life. Or elemental, elemental spirits, basically something that is demonic. And we all know there is evil. There is evil in the world. There are people who do evil deeds. And sometimes they are just out and out evil. And we need to also recognize we live in a fallen world. And all of us are flawed. 
And so when we go off on our own ways, our own thoughts, or we follow the ways of the world or the culture, how we can get sideways in our faith. And what you believe will dictate how you live. Because what you believe is, therefore, this must be true. This must be true of my life. This must be true about how I can live. And we can turn contrary to the truth, which is one of the synonyms for doctrine. And so Paul is saying, if you want to grow up and you need to grow up in your faith. And Jesus would say the same thing to the apostles. Then you need to be rooted. Because no matter what comes, your faith will hold. And not only will your faith hold, but you will grow. And you will blossom. And you will bear fruit and you will be a blessing to other people. Which again, over and over in scripture... That's what we see. And so this two-sided, rooted and grounded is what we need to be about about as Christians. Now, with that in mind, we're going to move to the gospel reading. You got all that? Okay, good. Now we're going to talk about what Jesus told his apostles when they were seeking to learn how to pray. And he basically begins with something that is so critical to our grounding, to our rootedness. He begins with Father, or our Father, as Matthew says. In other words, a relationship of love and protection. A relationship of security for young children. A relationship of direction and instruction. That's what he's trying to say. When you think about God in heaven, he is our father. There's this incredible love that he has for those of us that are his children. And we can rest in that love. But it doesn't stop there. Hallowed be your name. There's meant to be a holiness to our life. A holiness that we get from God's word, that we get from God's teaching, from his doctrine. Beginning with who he is. That he's our father. That we're to have this love relationship, this trust relationship with him because he's our father. And then the life comes out of that when we understand God to be our father and God to be holy Hallowed be your name. Jesus would say in that upper room, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, keeping the commandments is not about earning our way to heaven. That's not what it's about. It is not about trying to win God's favor. It comes out of the fact that we trust him as our loving father. That through Jesus Christ we know the depth of his love and his forgiveness and his grace. So we seek to because we want to follow him and listen to him because he is our loving father. Then we live this life growing in holiness. That's what Jesus is trying to say even in this prayer. These two sides of God that we see in operation. 
See, and so often people get lost in terms of what faith is about. They think it's about earning, which is not the case. It's a gift, it's grace that comes through Jesus Christ. It's not about doing the right ritual things in our lives. It's like if I go to church, God's got to do what I want him to do. It doesn't work that way. Does that mean we don't go to church then because I'm not going to get my way? No, it's we want to grow in this love relationship. To grow in the knowledge and love of him. So that he can help direct our lives and help us to live life according to, as the next part of the prayer says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, this following his will begins with me, begins with the church. We can't expect the world to recognize God's way if they don't know him. But we can Thy will be done. Do you recognize what you're praying for when you pray the Lord's Prayer? Every Sunday. Maybe even during the week. Thy will be done in my life. I want to follow your will. I want to know your love and live your love. I want to know what it means to be holy because he is holy. And so we're asking him because he is our father, because we say he's holy, that then we ask for his will to be done. And then what comes next is the supplication. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive our trespasses, etc. Which is what Jesus launches into next. He uses this twofold contrast, an analogy and a parable, about what God is not like when it comes to our relationship with him so that you understand this dynamic in your life and in your prayer life. And he does this wonderful parable of the friend at midnight, which really you have to understand is quite humorous. That basically this friend, you know, you've had friends who help you out, right? Most of us, we've had friends that help us out. When we have a need, when we have a struggle, when we have a challenge, you need a ride somewhere, you call your friend up. might be inconvenient for them, but because they're your friend, they do it. Well, this friend who's in bed basically views the one who's knocking on his door as a pest. You ever see your friends like a pest? You probably have acquaintances that are pests. But most of us choose our friends because there's this mutual love and sacrificial relationship. That we love each other, that we'll do things for each other. I mean, I guess sometimes your friend is a pest. Sometimes your family's a pest. But what this is saying is God does not view us as a pest. It's like a young child. We being the young children. Saying to our loving father, I need this. And as a father, you always want to reach out to your children's needs. Now let's qualify that. 
They need to be real needs. Sometimes your kids can be a pest too. But if they're real needs, genuine needs, you want to love your children. You want to take care of your children. You want to nurture your children. So that's what God does. He does not view us as pests. He wants us to come to him and ask. But when we come to him, we're not trying to manipulate him. And that's why Jesus goes on to talk about these earthly fathers. If an earthly father knows how to take care of you when you have a basic need, what do you think about your heavenly father? You don't think he really understands what you need? You don't think he has knowledge beyond what you have and knows how to love you and care for you in the best way, recognizing, recognizing that bad things are going to come into your life. We live in a fallen world. There are evil people around us who make choices that hurt us. But God knows what you need. And we don't have to manipulate him by saying, I've got to try to figure out how to say the right prayer so I get what I want. That's not it. Or that if I'm just good enough. Or we question, is God really there? Does he really love me? The answer is yes. But we don't always get what we want when we want. Because he loves us, what he gives us, as Jesus says in the final line of this section of Scripture, if earthly fathers know how to give you good things when you ask for them, don't you think your heavenly Father knows how to give you good gifts? And what does Paul qualify that with? That God gives you himself. He says, those who ask, get the Holy Spirit. See, what Paul is saying is, when we seek to have our needs met, the one who is going to meet our needs, it's not the answered prayer. It's God himself. That's why God sent Jesus into the world to show us the depth of his love, to die in our place for our sin, to bring us the gift of life and the gift of eternal life. That God gives us himself. That when we struggle and we need comfort or we need strength or we need empowerment, the gift of the Holy Spirit. God has given us what we need to get through whatever challenges we face, whatever need we have, and it's himself. It's the gift of Jesus Christ that reveals the depth of his love. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit that helps us to bear fruit, to be strong, to be comforted. He gives us the body of Christ, each other, so that we can support and encourage and help one another with the various gifts that the body of Christ has, the various people in this church. 
That we have the gift of being in community with each other. God has gifts in mind to help us deal with and face whatever need we have. It may not always be what we want, but it's what we need. And that's what Jesus is teaching as he gives the Lord's Prayer here, as we call it. That this is what you need. And I want to give you what you need. You need the Holy Spirit. You know, when we sometimes slip into faith being a formula, we miss it. That if we have the right formula, life will work for me. If I do the right things, if I pray the right prayers, faith is a relationship. It's a love relationship, and we can't miss that. So when we ask the question, what does the Father give us when Jesus is giving the Lord's Prayer and giving his explanation? It's not what, because people can even make the answered prayer the God, the idol. It's God himself. It's a who. God gives us himself. And sometimes, you know, even when we're faithful, we can lose sight of that. We can start doing the same things over and over again as if this is what the Christian faith is about instead of making sure that we're focused on growing in the knowledge and love of him constantly. Because that is how we grow when we're rooted in him. We grow. You know, I have a love relationship with computers and my iPhone. Here's what I mean by that. There are times everything just goes along really, really well, and it's no problem. And I don't, I don't use the computer maybe as, me, as much as most people, but I use it enough in my iPhone. But periodically, like this week I was in the office and I started typing on my computer, nothing on the screen. So I start tapping my mouse like, okay, if I do this, maybe it'll get the little cursor up there. And sometimes that would work and sometimes it didn't work. You know what I find I need to do sometimes when my computer malfunctions or my iPhone doesn't work like you're talking but there's, the person doesn't hear you, you don't hear them? I reboot it. I restart it. That is my solution for most of the problems I have with my computer or my iPhone is to reboot, restart the thing. It's either going to be that or a hammer, one or the other. <laughs> but fortunately, it's not been a hammer yet. It's been tempting. But we also have Norm here, so Norm helps a lot. But the reality is, is that sometimes when that which is supposed to work normally malfunctions, we need to restart, we need to reboot. And I think that's true of some of us in our faith. That when we start doing what we do as rote in our lives, whether it be our Bible reading, our prayer time, our worship, thinking that if we just be a good person. Oh, that is so popular. That everything will go along well. 
That's not it. What it is, faith is a relationship. That we are constantly growing in the knowledge and love of our God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That we understand him to be that loving father. That we're so filled with the Holy Spirit every day, we are being rebooted. We are restarting every day. And that what we do comes out of this love relationship. And we have to remember, we are not computers or iPhones. We are not. It's not about the right formula. It's not about the right thing. It's about our relationship with our loving Father that we understand through Jesus Christ our Lord so that we might be rooted, grounded, deep roots. And then we grow. And as we grow, we can withstand whatever storm comes into our lives so that we provide shade and protection and nourishment for others. Rooted and growing. Some of you have never been rooted and really come to an understanding of who God is in Jesus Christ and what a loving Father is like. And some of you have stopped growing, and it's time to reboot. but we are to be rooted and growing by the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God, the good gift. Let's pray. As we enter into this time of prayer, think about the Lord's Prayer that we often pray very quickly. Our Father, our loving Heavenly Father, that we understand in the person and through the cross of Jesus Christ the depth of your love, that you are holy and you call us to be holy, not because we're trying to earn your favor or win your approval, but because we trust you. And you give us your word to guide us and direct us. And you give us the Holy Spirit to grow, to be strong and faithful. And because of these truths about who you are, we can ask for your will to be done in our lives, in our community, and in the world around us as we seek to grow in you and be a blessing to others. Lord, help us not to be afraid of the word doctrine or to allow our faith to become a formula. But help us to seek to grow in the knowledge and love of you daily. Being filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Rooted and growing. 
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Having heard the word, read and proclaimed, please rise as we reaffirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God.